Salutations, and welcome to the Friendship News Hour, presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Today is June the 3rd, 2022. His name is Alex. My name is Frank. How can you believe it's June already? I cannot believe it, my man. Half the year is gone. It is gone. I'm, I've heard a lot of that. Actually, I saw a montage. <laughs> it's like a, it was like every morning news anchor in America on June first, <laughs> and they would like say good morning, and they would look at their co-host, and they'd be like, "Can you believe it's June already?" And like fifty <laughs> of them in succession. It's hilarious. June half of the year gone. Half of twenty two is out of here. I expected you to immediately murder me for my Coldplay shirt. I, I thought there was no other thing you'd you'd go right into. See, it's a beauty about owning yourself is that I I don't have to do any of the work. I can just let you present yourself. That's why I wore the shirt though, just to give you something to just lay right into me with. So I promise you, if I if I could be any more disappointed in you, I would be. But I cannot, and I've accepted. You'd think somebody with a professional background in music and you know education in music, somebody who should have an ear, wouldn't be such a big fan of Coldplay, but. Huge fan of Coldplay, and I became an even bigger fan of Coldplay when I saw him, man. And I've been, in my lifetime, I'm a big concert goer. I love live music. And not even, like, I'll go to shows where I don't even like the music sometimes because it's just like I like the atmosphere, the energy at a show. It's it's good vibrations. It's it's drinking. Sure. It's it's just usually always a good time. And I'd say in my lifetime, I've probably been to 200 shows. Easy. Like, no really? question. For sure. Oh, yeah. Been to a lot, a lot in high school, bro. I used to go to like shows every weekend, like more like, like those are like smaller stuff, but like, and then, I mean, dude, through the years, I've got a, a ticket collection in my closet that isn't overwhelming. And it makes me sad actually, because I always wanted to have like a nice ticket collection, make like a binder, go through them all, which I am going to do with the ones I have. But nowadays it's like, everything's electronic mm-hmm. to where that dream died probably in like 2016. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. But, but dude, Coldplay, man, whether you like the music or not. I highly encourage every single one of our listeners to try to go see them once in their lifetime because it's a show unlike anything I've ever seen. And I mean, they're a huge band. They got a lot of money. And, and you can tell like the money that's put into their their stage production is out of this world. Um, mm-hmm. you, you get there and they've been doing this since I moved here in 2012. Actually, it was the first time I seen them. But like every time I see them, something about their show, it's the same, but it like keeps growing and getting bigger. So like in 2012, when I saw them for the first time, you walk in, and and as soon as you walk in the door, they give you this bracelet. And you're like, oh, cool, like a cool play bracelet, like whatever. Like you're just cool. You got a free bracelet for going to the show. Show starts, everything's going on, whatever. It's cool. And then like at all at one point, like all the lights went out, and then like they come back in with like a big dramatic like do 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 And as soon as they come in on that one on that crash, everyone's bracelets lit up different colors, oh, and it's nice. all going to the music. And you're in an arena. Like at that point, I was in the Palace Auburn Hills, which I think held like fifty to sixty thousand people. And the whole thing's just going nuts and everyone's are different colors, going to the music, doing different patterns and swirling. And, and it's like, even like saying it, like it sounds cool, but like when you're there and you see it, and especially if you have like a little buzz or something, like you're like in awe. And, and then like, just like I'm saying, like, as I've seen them through the years, I think I've seen them like four times now, three or four times. And like, they just keep adding to it. Like confetti cannon shit's going crazy. We've seen them at Soldier Field twice now. There's fireworks going off. There's flames. Uh, just the LED sh- like light show behind the stage glows up and does trippy shit. Now it's just like hmm. e- even if you don't like the music, I-, I would I would pay for your ticket to go see him. Frankly, like that's it. They're so good. Okay. <laughs> so maybe I should actually. I would love to find a San Diego tour date. Maybe on their next tour and come out there. That that actually would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'd probably be the only time that I would ever go see. Yeah. I mean, you're not Cold a traveler Boy. of concerts either. It's <laughs> certainly not. It's funny, man. Like I, I hear you talk about this concert, and it sounds fun. 
Um, I just, I've never really been a big fan of concerts. Really? Yeah, not really. I mean, I like going to see shows. I love seeing like bands or artists that I love that I've never seen before live. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't get me excited. I'm always kind of like, <laughs> I kind of like find myself looking at my watch, like, eh, when is this gonna be? Really? Yeah, usually. So you're not picking up on the energy. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not doing it right. Um, I don't frequent shows to begin with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I'd rather, honestly, I'd rather go see. So, so uh, uh, Jacqueline's uh, roommate, uh, soon to be former roommate, um, is a recording artist here in San Diego. And she's awesome. Her shows are fantastic. And to me, like these little local shows with like our group of friends, just seeing her on stage performing and doing her thing. And like that to me, shout out Peach Cooler. That to me is like way more fun than going to see, say, I was going to say Coldplay, but that wouldn't be fun at all for me. Um, (laughs) I I don't know, like any band. And to me, it gets worse when it's like a hip hop show. I have zero fun at hip hop shows. Really? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I just, I don't know. I've been underwhelmed a lot at hip hop shows where people, you? where people like aren't performing their songs. It's like, you're listening to like just a recording of the song and they're just coming in with like end lines or like, mm-hmm. you know, just filling in little parts, but it's like, you're not right. rapping. Like, so I, I, I feel you there. Um, although just the heavenly smell of weed in the air at, a, at like an outdoor hip hop show is like, like we saw Outkast up in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gary Clark Jr. open for him was a really oh, good concert. Really good concert. Dude, it was so sick. And, and when they, I think it was Spodio Dito Delicious when they play like, whole crowd goes crazy. Dude, and you're just watching, yeah, whole crowd goes crazy. There's just billows of weed smoke. And you're just hmm. like, every, you're watching like 50,000 just rocking. It was, that's what I that's love. Cool. Like when you just that's see, a, yeah. there's so much like hate and bullshit in this world. And when you just see like, so many people connect at, 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 for, with anything, you know what I mean? With, with, with just something these days, like that just, it like brings joy to me. But I do feel you on like the intimate shows. I, those are some of my favorite as well. Yeah, for sure. I, I would much rather go see something, even if it's like a, a like a bigger act, mm-hmm. I'd rather see them at like a smaller place than go to like a stadium or a, there's a, there's a, a venue here in San Diego called the Belly Up in Solana Beach. It's like Northern coastal san diego mm-hmm. and dude they've had the red hot chili peppers play there it's a mm. small venue it's like think of like the fillmore in detroit they've had lady gaga and uh tony um Braxton? no that would be dope no uh tony um how come i can't think of his last name older Mor- older older morrison no 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 like italian guy uh, uh dude this is killing me right now bennett Bennett. Thank you. Tony know. Bennett. Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga did a show. There. Oh yeah. They did like a Christmas album or some shit, didn't they? Yeah. I forget. Uh, but they do, they do some like really high profile acts at this one small venue and see that to me is like, that's what I would pay the money for. That's where I would go. Yeah. I think maybe it's just crowds that turn me off. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Big masses of people. It does suck. I'm like trying to leave. You're in this like mm-hmm. hordes of people. That's, that's what suck leaving Soldier Field is you're walking out with 60,000 people. And it's just like, there's really two main entrances and exits to like get in and out of where soldier field is to like any like parking really or public transportation. So it's just like, you're just like sardined walking out slow as fuck took forever. Yeah. So I, I feel you there for sure. I did see though that, um, you ever hear the dude French Kiwi juice <laughs> No. producer, super talented musician as well, but he's playing at Petco park coming up here. He's, he just announced a tour, but Petco park's one of his stops and you should try to catch that shit. French Kiwi juice. Yeah. He's like, a he's a producer and then he has like other people sing with him on songs and shit. But Real laid back, real chill vibe music. It's good, like, uh, especially since you're always in the sun, it's good, like, summer cruising music for sure. He's got, yeah, 
got a few. I'll send you some of his albums. All right. But yeah, I saw he's at Petco. You should definitely check that out. Right on. Right on. That's an interesting haircut you got there, man. You look like you're about to go into the Marines. Yeah, dude. So <laughs> funny enough, my normal haircut, I, I get like a four to zero fade and I have them leave some shit up top like so I can kind of style it a little bit and not look like a Marine. And he read that note in the computer today and decided the first thing he was going to do is just go right down the center of my shit. <laughs> and he goes, like that, right? And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> just just like that. Yeah, That's cool. <laughs> Slightly off the mark there, Jack. <laughs> it's cool, bro. I'm about to be in Vegas next week. It's about to be hot as fuck. I'll be in a suit. So I was like, you know what? The less body hair, the better. It is hot uh, in Vegas. Uh, I was there last week. It yeah. was funny. I was I was there. I was there mostly on business, but uh, uh, my friend and yours, Greg Strasbaugh, was there. So I was able to hang out with him for a little bit. <laughs> he was filming some good uh, YooHoo content out there. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's not, it's it's nice to be uh, in the presence of an influencer. Mm-hmm. Every now and then, you have to stop. He's like, "Hold on, let me let me record something here real quick." And uh, I would not even ask him for help. He's like, "No, nah, I got it." He would just set it up, click it, do some weird thing, get back into the car. You ever you ever follow that uh, Instagram um, uh, account called uh, Influencers in the Wild? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's exactly that. Just like that. Yeah. But he's good, and he's fucking hilarious, dude. He's I'm always belly laughing when I'm around him. For sure. Uh, but anyway, I was I was there mostly on business, and I had a I had a uh, a meeting with NV Energy, which is like the, the utility company out there, whoever you know, energy electrical provider. And um, we're sitting there, we're talking, and he one of the guys goes, um, "Oh, where are you staying?" And I was staying off the strip at an NBC Suites off the strip, and he goes, uh, "Oh, so you're not staying like on the strip? You're not doing a thing?" And I'm like, no, "You know, man, I'm at a point in my life where when I book a Vegas trip." I'm like not excited about. It. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just see Vegas in the future. I go, oh, fuck, dude. Well, you're there. Vegas. Fuck, probably you've been there what four or five times this year? Something like that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you're down. there a lot. Well, it's so quick, and 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 mm. you know, there's so many things happening there, co- conventions, conferences, whatever. Yeah, dude, Vegas is just like, ugh. Yeah. Where are you staying? We're staying at MGM and riding the monorail to the convention center pretty much every day. So. Yeah. Hopefully it won't be too bad, but I've nah, I've be never fine. been to Vegas. When did we go to Vegas? Was it May when we drove through there? I think that was right when we graduated, yeah. so it hadn't May. been May. So mm-hmm. pretty close to now, and that wasn't terrible, but I've never really been there like in a suit on business, mm. which it sounds like I'm going to be, so I yeah. hope well, it was going to be a jeans It's fine. You'll be thing. fine. You're not indoors almost or, or outdoors almost ever, so yeah. everything's air conditioning. You'll be right. straight. Right. No, fun, man. MGM's cool. Got some nice dinners planned. Mostly, yeah. Hoping so. My boss did most of that stuff, but... It's on his dime, so I'll you know <laughs> I'll go wherever the free the food's free and the drinks are uh, free as well. So yeah, and, and that's the fun thing about it, especially when you go on business, because there's so many good places to eat, mm-hmm. and it's usually you know like on the company dime or whatever. So it's an indulgent meal. You're you know, steaks and wine and appetizers. Old fashions. Yeah, exactly. Old fashions out the out the Wahoo. But that's just it, right? It's like in, it's indulgent. It's so indulgent. Yeah, by the end of the week, you're like, I, I'm like ready to go home. I'm so ready to go home at the end of a, like a trade show week, man. Oh, yeah, dude. After three <laughs> days in Vegas, I'm like, get the <laughs> fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> I do I do enjoy that drive, though. I really enjoy that drive. That was a fun drive. When we, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, well, so we came from the north. Um, I'm talking about the drive from, Denver. from, yeah. from San Diego to, oh, to Las Vegas. You. Yeah. But, but coming, uh, coming from the north is incredible. I wish it was a little less far from where I'm at. Cause I'd, I'd love to just like skip out on Vegas and, and, yeah. uh, and just go out into Utah or like Arizona or something. It was funny because yeah. Greg and I were talking and I was like, what do you want to do? Cause you know, we had gone, gambled, whatever, ate, 
seen the strip, showed him Fremont, you know, all the touristy things. And we were just kind of sitting there like, yeah, what do you want to do? And I was like, hey, you want to go to the Grand Canyon? And he was blown away. He was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, we can just, we can just drive to the Grand Canyon if you want. I mean, it's a drive, but we can go, we can make it happen. And it blew him away because he, it's so funny because, you know, he lived in Ohio his whole life. He, the Grand Canyon was never an accessible destination for him ever in his life. And I just threw it out like, hey, we can go to the Grand we Canyon. Go check he, it just out, like, right. he had no, he had no clue. He had, like, and I, that to me was cool. And then seeing Vegas from, from, cause he had never been to Vegas. Seeing Vegas from, from somebody's news eyes uh. was interesting. I do you remember know, that first time you see it is it, it's pretty, it's, it's like nothing you've ever seen before for sure. Like it's, it's lights and, and just always alive oh, and breathing. Yeah. You got people handing out cards on the strip to like bang a hooker. And you're like, what, <laughs> what place yeah. am I in right now? <laughs> he asked me that. He goes, he goes, do they, they really just hand out like cards with call girls on them? I was like, yeah, <laughs> we can go like right now within 30 <laughs> seconds. We'll find that. He goes, no way, dude. You can just go and like call up and get a hooker. Oh yeah. So uh, it's like, I don't know. I've never tried, but I, anything that you want, I just want to tell you, anything that you want to do. Yeah. Somebody's already thought of it and you can make it happen in Vegas. Promise. Yeah. My boss it was just telling me you can is. drink in taxis there, not in Ubers, but in a taxi, you can have an open container in Vegas. I never I'm knew sure that that's the case. I don't, I don't know why not. You can drink everywhere else. Taxi drivers hate Ubers because they mm -hmm. take all their money and shit. Like advertise that. Hey, come get fucked up in our cabs. <laughs> Dude. And also... The proliferation of weed in Vegas is outrageous, dude. I'm curious about that because, like, not as much this time, but me, me and you are going for a bachelor party in July. Uh -huh. Like, how that? Yeah, how? Tell me about it. What's it dude, like right now? It's insane. We were walking. We were walking down the street, and I looked, and I was like, "Hey!" And I was like, "I pointed, and there's a dispensary attached to in the very same building as a subway." <laughs> and I was like, "Man, we've yeah, come pretty far." Yeah. <laughs> in just a few short years. I think they legalized it in like 2017 or something in, in Nevada. And now we have dispensaries connected to subways and they're everywhere, everywhere, literally walking distance everywhere, dude. It, they're, they're as prevalent as like check cashing places. They're everywhere. But what I was reading is that like the smoking of it, like in a hotel or outdoors is still very like frowned upon illegal. Like I, I know it's Vegas you can get away with shit, but as many times I've been to Vegas since they've legalized weed i've never really seen anybody smoking weed inside of like a casino no but like or what about a hotel, like a hotel. Room, you think? like if you get a smoking hotel room i read online because i was you know, I don't know looking for a friend let's say if you get a smoking room it still said it, w it was like you could get a smoking fee for smoking marijuana inside but it's like if it's so legal i i, I don't understand in places where it's recreationally legal why there's so many especially in a place like Vegas where you can open container on the street with alcohol. Like why wouldn't you be able to do the same with weed? It, it, I don't, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Cause I don't like, obviously don't book smoking rooms. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it, it, like outdoors. It's everywhere. It, it's so you, everywhere. Okay, people are smoking on the strip everywhere at any given point. Somebody Good. is smoking something. Yes. Okay. That's, that's comforting for sure. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. It's not, it's not, nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit. Nor should they. Mm, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Fremont, dude, that place, holy smokes. And it always used to be kind of like crazy, but I, we were there on Friday? Uh-huh. Yeah, Friday. After, so, oh, okay, so the whole reason we were he was in Vegas was to see Richard Cheese. Do you remember Richard Cheese? <laughs> Heard the name, never. He is a musician, right? He does. Uh, a comedian or? 
he does like lounge music covers of yeah. famous music. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah. So like he has like a his most famous one's probably Down with the Sickness, <laughs> but it's lounge music, you know. Yeah, and yeah. and for whatever reason, Greg is just a huge fan of this guy. Like loves his music. It's funny because I was looking him up um, before the show. And he has something like 22 albums. Jesus. You know, because when you're in that little business, your catalog is endless. It's everyone else's songs. You're just yeah, doing covers. Just, yeah. And I was telling that to Greg and Greg's like, yeah, I have all of them. And he, he opens up his Spotify and it's every single one of his albums. Just, Jesus. Like, Dude, how Dedication. <laughs> but yeah, so we saw Richard Cheese and uh, it was good. It was a good show. Yeah. It was their, it was their first one back in Vegas from since, since the pandemic. So they were a little rusty. But all in all, it was pretty good. And then we went to Fremont after, dude, and it was just, dude, crazy, crazy, thick with people. Always my favorite thing in Vegas to do is to go there. One day I want to just stay there because, like, I, being able to go and, like, actually gamble because the minimums mm-hmm. are smaller there. Like, I, I really enjoy that more than sitting down and spending $30 a, a spin of roulette and shit like that. Like, right, I right. just don't, I don't love that. I, like, that's not fun to me and I don't like slots. So, so I like being able to go play the table games down there. And it just, it is, it's always a party down there, bro. I, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I went up to this, I went up to this guy and uh, I wanted to get a drink and it's mostly like those, you know, frozen drinks and like real sugary shit. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, what do you have? <laughs> I go, what's your... What's your favorite one here? And he goes, none of them. They're not good. <laughs> that's a <laughs> He's like, they're all, they're all sugary. And I was like, what do you have that's not sugary? He goes, a mixed drink. I was like, all right, let me do a, a whiskey and diet. And he was like, all right, Jameson cool? I was like, yeah. So I pull up my phone and it's like a big cup, you know, like a big mm-hmm. gold cup. I'm like looking at my phone and I, I look up like 30 seconds later and this guy's still pouring liquor. Good. It's like legit. Like if the, if the, like if it's like this cup, the liquor was up to there. Holy shit. Yeah, dude, it was wild. And I was like, fuck, man. He even said before, he goes, let's get you drunk. And he poured it and I was like, fucking A. And I look around and everyone's got these drinks. And I'm like, holy shit, dude. We That's can't amazing. stay here for very long. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get back to the strip. <laughs> That's good, man. That's awesome. We'll have fun next week, dude. Yeah, hopefully it should be a good time. Looking forward to when we go too. That'll be probably a little bit better of a time. Yeah, it should be a great time. I, I, I am actually looking forward to that one. But next week, I'll be reporting live from the MGM Grant. So we'll see how that goes. I'm starting to get, and I need to stop, but I'm starting to get like little tastes of luxury. For example, yesterday I was flying from uh, Oakland to San Diego and I was up in the Bay Area for work and something came up and I needed to go see a site that was kind of out of the way. And so on my way to the airport, I tried to fit it in and inevitably I missed my flight. Well, no big deal. I could grab the next one. It's Southwest. There's flights going from Oakland to San Diego all of the time. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm running through the airport and I, and I look and I see one of those airport lounges and it said Amex on it. And I go, well, fuck me. I have an Amex. So I walked in, I go, does this card get me in? And they were like, yep, you're good. Signed in. And I was like, what the fuck? I ended up having to pay like a $15 fee or whatever. Mm. And I got in, I sat down at this lounge. I had like two and a half hours before my flight and it's just unlimited alcohol and food. Oh, really? That's all it is. Oh yeah. That's worth 15 bucks for sure. Especially dude, at airport. Abs- that's like a sandwich. Yeah. That's one drink. Yeah. Damn. So it was sweet, dude. And it's like this lounge, there's super comfortable seats, charging ports everywhere, Wi-Fi. I mean, everything. And I'm like, fuck, dude, I'm never going to not use this ever. Right. It's incredible. Like I would go out of my way to find an airport that had this to, right. to, to go to this. This is incredible. <laughs> Honestly, just for the setup alone, because like finding a charging port in an airport anymore is incredibly difficult. And then like finding a comfortable seat and not paying 50 bucks for a sandwich and a drink, you know, like crazy stuff. 
So that's cool. And then when we go to Vegas in July uh, for for Michael's bachelor party, we're flying private from yeah. San Diego to Vegas, mm-hmm. which was roughly the same amount uh, as a regular flight. And we get to just pull up right to the gate. Don't go through TSA. Walk to this gate. They scan your your luggage for explosives, and then you're on the flight. That's awesome. I know, dude. I, oh my god. I know. It's so bad because it's like once you get a taste of that, it's like, and then you have to go back and like fly like a peasant, <laughs> dude, <laughs> right. dude. And it's so funny. It's crazy how elitist you feel. Like when I was in that lounge, <laughs> I'm sitting on like the the side of the of the wall, but it's it's a it's a window. You can see through it. They have little things like to to kind of like shield it, but you can see through it. Yeah. Three or four times, dude. I had somebody come up like right next to me and just like look in the lounge to look. And I didn't say anything, but like inside, I'm like, huh. Right. That's what I always think about when you get on a plane and there's all those people in first class. You're just walking by them. They're just like, you piece of shit. Get to the back of the plane, you piece of fucking trash. It's like, why do they put those people on first? They get to judge you the entire time. Yeah, I know. I know. And like, I'm, I'm not judging this person. I don't know this person, but like. In inside of me, I was like, eh, I bet you wish you were here. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's so stupid. It's just a dumb little lounge. Like it, yeah. it means nothing. I, you know, but it, it gives you that weird, like mm-hmm. feeling of elevation. Like you've, you know, you're above it all. And I, I don't know, maybe it's just because when we, you know, we grew up, we went, we didn't have much. So like that kind of thing, although it's like now, now, now that I know it's incredibly accessible mm-hmm. back in the day, that thing was like. Like, oh, you had to be rich to be in there. You know right. what I mean? Like, or you had to have movie. money if you're yeah. in there. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, <laughs> I don't know. It's a slippery slope, man. Oh, yeah. Well, shit. How much was that that private flight, like, per person? Is it reasonable to do it? Like, I know that's not a long flight, but... I mean, it's pretty reasonable if you're thinking about... It's not, dude. It's, like, 45 minutes, yeah. especially in a private flight. I could have put probably, like, less than that. It was, like, 250 bucks. That's really not terrible, though. I mean, it's. I mean, when you think about, it, you could probably doing. get the same flight for about sixty. Yes, I would say Bab's got his flight you know? for fifty or sixty bucks. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, like, mm, but you know, it's like it's a bachelor party. It's I guess I can justify the expense, and it's neat. You know, like it's just like an experience. But but what I'm afraid of is that it it becomes you know you acquire that taste for luxury, and then you're like, yeah, I don't really want to do. Right. <laughs> I don't want to do the alternative. But no, right. I mean, obviously not. And like, you know. It just so happens that we happen we happen to be in a really cool corner of the world where a lot of different things are accessible, right? For example, for the same time in the air, I could be in Phoenix, I could be in uh, damn near San Francisco, and then for like maybe an hour more, mm-hmm. the radius goes all the way to like Austin, Texas, Denver, Seattle. You know, like I'm I, I, the radius of places I can go in, in a really short Even distance is, is is a lot is a lot bigger. So that's what I'm afraid of. It's like, wow, there's short flights and like, you know, you can sometimes justify the expense sometimes, hmm. but obviously if you're going to like places like Mexico or, you know, travel like that, you're not going to be, you know, spending all that money. Oh, who yeah. knows? Maybe one day soon. That'll be awesome, dude. Are you familiar with the Zoot Suit Riots? No. You ever heard of those? No. Do you know what a Zoot Suit is? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, think of like a caricature of a 1930s, 1940s gangster. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like yeah. super high-waisted suit pants, mm-hmm. baggy clothes, cigar in the mouth, you know, tie Suspenders and all that. Suspenders with the hat. And, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. That's a zoot suit. Okay. Um, on this day, 1943, uh, the zoot suit riots began mm-hmm. when... U.S. sailors marched through downtown Los Angeles carrying clubs and other makeshift weapons, attacking anyone wearing a zoot suit. 
the baggy wool pants, oversized cokes, and pork pie hats, favored by many young men of color at the time. So apparently there were negative views of people who wore zoot suits in World War II because shocker, back in that time, we didn't have shit, <laughs> right? We didn't have sugar to make cakes and we had to ration a bunch of things. One of those things was wool. So when people saw others wearing zoot suits, they were uh, seen as like unpatriotic, right? Because they're, they're uh-huh. taking up a ton of resources that that huh. the U.S. needed for the war effort. So um, there was like this uh, th- this murder in, in 1942 uh, that caused a hundred of uh, hundreds of Mexican American youths to be rounded up by police, and 22 of them were tried and convicted of murder of another Me- uh, Mexican man named Jose Diaz. It was overturned, and it was like a big it was a big deal. But 22 of these people were convicted of murder of one person, Jeez. Um, which gave like a negative connotation of these zoot suits. Anyways, there was like some scuffle between uh, U.S. sailors in L.A. and uh, a, a group of young a group of youths that were wearing zoot suits. And uh, it ended with uh, one of the one of the civilians beating up one of the sailors. So in retaliation, fifty sailors uh, left their uh, Navy Reserve armory on the evening of June 9th, armed with uh, makeshift weapons like clubs and knives and things like that, and just went out targeting people wearing zoot suits, just you know, random on mass. And uh, nobody died, but there was like hundreds of people arrested bunch of people sent to the hospital and it was seen as a really, really, really bad thing (laughs) with the backdrop of World War II happening in the background. But yeah, there you go. There's the story of the Zoot Suit Riots. Well, while we're talking organized crime, a couple updates uh, over in the Young Thug Rico case. Mm. Um, Thug was now officially denied bail, a one Mr. Jeffrey Williams. And now it sounds like there are uh, rats basically within within the YSL gang and it looks like the prosecutor is alleging that he has several proffers, which are like before you have like an official like testimony, um, mm-hmm. you can like sit with the prosecutors and kind of like, what do you know? What can you offer us? Like it's off the record, but what can you offer us if we were to cut you a deal kind of a thing? Uh-huh, sure. And um, allegedly like there's, there's a, he has quite a few from people within the organization, basically like pointing to young thug as, as, the head of this entire thing. They've stated very, they've stated formally that they're very scared of Mr. Williams. Uh, they're saying he's dangerous and that if they cross him, he will kill them and their families. And they were very clear about how serious he would actually like follow those, that promise up. So it sounds like people within uh, young slime life are kind of coming forward and all kind of pointing the finger towards thug and gunna as like the heads of this, and that's why basically he was denied bail when, when they let the judge know they had several proffers. So not looking great, man. Not looking good at all for him to get out of jail. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, the judge said his his ba- or his uh, trial date of January of 2023. So barring something, he's in jail for at least another six months. Yeah. Damn. Fucking and- wild, man. Do you remember back in 20, would have been 2014, 2015, he was involved in a case where and I, I don't I don't know the names, but I know that it, it had to do with him, Young Thug, and Birdman putting out a hit on Lil Wayne and shooting up his tour bus. Do you remember this? Really? Well, they used to uh, hate yeah. him. They used to hate each other. Yeah. Yeah. So it, the, some guy who I, I guess pulled the trigger was involved. He's the one that took the rap for it. But mm. a, apparently, Thug was involved. Like he was like right there. 
Um, and he ended up getting off that had not everything to do, but a lot to do with like the strain relationship between Wayne and Birdman. Cause wasn't he calling his albums like barter? Cause how like Wayne had the Carter one, two, well, three, which blah, is blah. interesting because if you listen to any like interviews back in the day of, of thug, they'll talk to him about, you know, what is your inspiration? What kind of music do you listen to? And he says, the only music I listen to that isn't my music, he said, he just plays his music. The only music that he listens to that isn't his is Lil Wayne's. Yeah. And that, that was like his growing up. That was like the person that he revered the most. But then I think when Wayne and Birdman had issues, like Birdman kind of used thug as like a, a way to get at Wayne, I think. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the details, but, but it sounds like something like that happened. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know. I remember hearing that. And then in 2018, he came out with, with the LP on the run. Yeah. Cause I guess he had a bunch of legal troubles that he was trying to get out of. So it seems like, like this probably shouldn't be that big of a surprise. True. But what is interesting to me is, is, is one that both of them, Gunna and Young Thug didn't make bail. If you don't know who these people are, just, just know that they're like absolutely at the top of the rap game as far as like rappers go and, and, and popularity music and sales and popularity and all that, like they're there. So they're saying that these two people are, are dangerous. Meaning if they're, if they're let out of jail, the, the fear of the prosecution and the judge is that they will be able to uh, manipulate this case and do like, kind of like what you're saying, these people who are, are saying they're scared. Now, maybe they're only saying that because there's people coming out saying that they're scared because they're staring down, you know, a decade plus of, of prison time. And so they're saying this and then the judge, uh, the prosecutor is using this to, to convince the judge, judge that this person is indeed a threat to others if they're let out of jail. But it's crazy because in order to do this, in order to, they're even saying they're going to use their lyrics as, as evidence in order to do these things, that evidence has to be so overwhelming. It has to be so good and damning because if not, it's basically just hearsay. I was going to say, locking yeah. up these people for six months, no bail for hearsay. So what that means to me is that there's probably a really, really good chance that these two, that these two uh, uh, men go to, go to prison for a long time. Yeah. I just, with the lyrics, it's like, dude, unless you're like, I killed Bill Williams or whatever, like, right. unless you're like by name who you killled, like, I don't know how they can use your lyrics against you. Cause like, it's freedom of speech, obviously, but like, it's just, it's fucking music. Like you have, you should have your freedom of expression just to say whatever the fuck you want. Like, I don't, I, the only the only yeah. way I could see is if you like specifically name someone or like a specific crime or like bank robbery that you did by name, you know, but mm -hmm. I don't know. That seems wild to me. So here is a, a list. I don't know if we've gone over this already, but here's a list of notable rappers that are in jail right now. Young Thug, Gunna, Y&W Melly, Pooh Shiesty, 42 Doug, Casanova, Tay-K, YFN Lucci, K-Flock, Chef G, Hood Rich Pablo Juan, Raylo, and O3 Greedo. I don't know. I don't know 60% of those names. <laughs> but this is from a Hot Freestyle Twitter, at Hot Freestyle. I don't know what that means, but maybe we start seeing a shift in rap music. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I think what it means is just a lot of youth in our country that grow up in inner cities grow up in gangs. And, and by the time maybe you become like a musician or a rapper or whatever you're doing like getting to your career per se like you've been affiliated with these people or whatever for so long that like now you just have more power and influence to like grow that so i i i think it's just more like a maybe not so much on rap music a reflection but like just a reflection on just like what life is like in america for 
perhaps some of the youth in it, you know what I mean? In different areas. I, I think it's just more like a harsh reality of mm-hmm. what's really going on. Not, not to justify it at all, but like, I just think that's, it just, it is what it is right now. It's just, that's how a lot of people have to survive. So it sucks. It does. It I, I does. just want to know how Jack Harlow's involved. I want to know that mm-hmm. so bad. When that reporter said that, I'm like, he fucking knows something. What, what is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, I'd be so, I'd love for that to happen. That'd be crazy. Dude, that would be absolutely wild. Dude's a cornball to me. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so we've heard a lot about shootings and terrible things happening. This next segment is just some news stories about things that didn't happen, which I think is kind of nice. In Boston, the uh, director of the FBI, Christopher Way, Ray, said that uh, the FBI thwarted a planned cyber attack on a children's hospital in Boston that was said to have been carried out by hackers sponsored by the Iranian government. Eek. Yeah, I mean, that's scary and it sucks, but... It's good to know that this one didn't fall through the cracks. I don't know how many of these do fall through the cracks. I do know that ransomware and cyber attacks in hospitals are like an everyday occurrence. But, you know, we're talking about sick children here. And so that probably would have costed the the, uh, children's hospital in Boston a ton of money. The FBI chief recounted the antidote in a broader speech uh, about ongoing cyber threats from Russia, China, and Iran and the need for partnerships between the U.S. governments and private sectors. He said that uh, the FBI and the Bo- uh, Boston Children's Hospital had worked closely together after a hacktivist attacked the hospital's computer network in 2014. Oh, this was in 2014. Uh, Martin Goatsfeld had launched a cyber attack at the hospital to protest the care of a teenager at the center of a high-profile custody battle and later was sentenced to 10 years in prison. So that's good to know. Um, and then in Charleston, West Virginia... Police say a woman's actions may have prevented a mass casualty event following an altercation about a man speeding through a neighborhood. So there was a guy speeding through a neighborhood. Uh, There was uh, a bunch of people out. It was a nice day. And this guy, Dennis Butler, was like speeding up and down a parking lot, just like speeding up and down. So people who lived there, they were attending a graduation party, approached this dude and were like, hey, slow down, man. There's children here playing. And they said that he seemed agitated and left. But then he returned shortly after with an AR-15. And then he just started shooting, started shooting people at a crowd. Uh, and then police say a woman was there, pulled out her pistol, shot him in the head and killed him. Damn. Boom. Done. See ya. Uh, this is uh, the Charleston, West Virginia Police Department. This lady was carrying a lawful firearm, a law-abiding citizen who stopped the threat of probably 20 or 30 people getting killed. She engaged the threat and stopped it. She did not run from the threat. She engaged it, preventing a mass casualty event here in Charleston. Interesting how that works, huh? Interesting. People have a means to protect themselves. They do so and save people. Yeah. Interesting. Just, you know, just one story. Uh, but then there was a story that, that came out this week about a shooting that happened in 2020 in San Diego. It occurred two days after the George Floyd killing. And according to California law, you're supposed to release the video cam footage of a police shooting. I forget the time frame. It's very soon after it happens. Like you're supposed to release Probably it so very it can't soon. Get doctored. Yeah. Right. Something tells me that um, releasing this footage probably at the time when it happened probably would have done more harm than good. So they waited two years to release this footage, mm-hmm. and they released it this week. And it involves a mentally ill woman by the name of Rosa Calva. 
and she was throwing things off of her roof in downtown San Diego or off of her balcony onto the trolley tracks, furniture and mops and buckets and all kinds of things. Public, couple of people called the, uh, the police and they let her know, they let the police know when they called them that she had like a knife. She was like waving a knife outside of the balcony. So police know about this. They're aware there's a threat with a knife. They show up to her apartment and they found her barricaded in her bathroom, five, five by five bathroom, very small. They got there within 20 minutes of getting the call for, from 911. They gave her commands to walk out of the bathroom. They had a police dog. She didn't. So they used this tool called the Halligan bar to, uh, to like open a hole in the door. And then they fired pepper ball rounds in the, in the bathroom. Then the police dog went into the bathroom. The officers kicked the bathroom door down. And then within like three to five seconds, this woman uh, was shot four times and bitten by the dog. Okay. So within, I don't know, three minutes, trying to get, get the time frame here. Within about three minutes of police getting to the apartment, they entered the apartment, broke down the bathroom door and shot a woman. Okay. She survived and she ended up getting some help because she was very mentally incapacitated. Now we can have a conversation about whether or not the police should have shot this woman who was not mentally stable. I don't think they should have, but the whole point of this is that they went into this bathroom in three minutes. They neutralized whatever this threat was. It took police officers in Uvalde 52 minutes mm -hmm. to enter an active shooter scenario. I, I can't talk about this for like very long because it just like literally makes my blood boil and to just throw a fucking bucket of salt onto this wound. The police chief of Uvalde, Pete Arandondo, who was in command during the law enforcement's response to the mass shooting at Rob Elementary School, was sworn in a member as a member of the city council of Uvalde on Tuesday in a secret ceremony. Are you fucking kidding me? This guy what? just got a promotion. What the fuck? How? How is that Out possible? of respect for the families who buried their children today and who are planning to bury their children in the next few days, no ceremony was held. Uvalde Mayor Don McLaughlin said in a statement, let me correct that for you, Mayor. Out of respect for the families who buried their children today and who are planning to bury their children in the next few days, this piece of shit has been fired from the, the police department Uvalde and will no longer have a job in law enforcement as long as he lives. That is the correct statement. Dude, these people need charges pressed against them, bro. Like, I don't, I don't know how what the grounds would be for that bro but like <laughs> come on dude well well there is no grounds because uh there was a uh so when we talked about this last week it was just coming out the details of what had happened um and then the things we said last week about this were actually true they did not rush into the to the uh, school uh there was no armed guard at the school the door was propped open by a teacher and that's how he got into the school. And then when he was able to get into the school and barricaded himself into a, a room, the police made a decision uh, to treat it as a hostage situation and not an active shooter situation, which was obviously the wrong move. Uh, it took them a long time to admit that that was the case. Their story went from they engaged the shooter outside the school to uh, they chased the shooter inside the school to there was nobody there to engage the shooter outside the school. Uh, and then finally, they all had to fess up that, that what, what they to, to, to say what they did. Now, why there's no grounds for these people to be charged is because it, there was a Supreme Court case in the 90s, I think, which which said all but definitively that police officers have no legal obligation to put themselves into harm's way for civilians. But could is there any kind of case be made for stopping 
the the parents for because first of all, for mm-hmm. my part, they were parents of kids in the school. They went and got their kids out themselves, but then were Correct. stopping other parents from doing so. Like, Correct. That's that, criminal that, to me, right there. Like that that's mm-hmm. ins- that'd be that's like the main thing that I would think. Like maybe there'd be some grounds to do so, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was definitely the wrong decision. It, it, I mean, maybe there's legal ground, maybe there's not. At the very best, it's like the worst look ever to be pinning down st- ch- uh, uh, parents who are worried about their kid getting shot. Yeah, that's, that's a terrible look. And it just, I don't know, man, like, how do you, how do you reward? And, and this is an elected position that this uh, chief of police got. So maybe there's really nothing that the, the city council could have done to to stop this guy from being sworn in. Mm. Maybe there is, maybe there's not. I don't know. But it just looks like we're a w- rewarding cowardice. Right. Yeah. In the highest regard. Yeah. I mean, that's all it is. It's just cowardice. It's mm. pure and simple, weak, weak men. Like I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed that I, that I'm a countryman of this person. Like this person is, you know, could be my neighbor. This, I, I I don't know, man. How you don't resign in disgust is beyond me. I mean, I don't know how you live with yourself. Like this is on your con. Like the, 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 the blood's on your hands here. I'm not saying you should be legally responsible, but you made the decision. Right. You made the call. You're in charge. The buck stops with you. And if you made the wrong decision, well, then you're obviously not fit to be in that position. Because it, God forbid anything like this happens in your community again in any capacity. Who's going to trust you? Yeah, to me, I just don't know how involuntary manslaughter doesn't play into that, bro, in, in some degree. Like, those more people died because you didn't do your job. So, like, mm-hmm. that that's, I don't know. I hope the case is made, bro. I, I really do. Cause, Maybe, but it looks like they have protection from, you know, from, yeah. from on high. So, I don't, I don't, th- I don't think that it, that it will. Um, although it does say in the, in, in the description of, of the position in which he held, uh, and, and then subsequent police officers below him that if you are not willing to engage in something that puts your life at risk, then you should probably find a new job. Yeah. I mean, dude, think about, I, and, and, I don't know, like this could obviously happen depending on the severity of the event. But just imagine a a firefighter just standing outside of a burning Mm, building and like a a parent's like, my kid's in there and trying to go get it. And then you pin them down and you're like, no, it's not safe for you. Like, you know, could that happen? Absolutely. And if it's like a three alarm fire and it's like, you know, it's certain death if you go into it, well then, okay. Yeah, but you, you, I don't know, man. You you see way more firemen and 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 people like that putting themselves in danger. Not that police don't, but I don't know, man. When it, when push comes to shove and your opportunity comes and your numbers called and you act that way, like I don't know, like uh, you know, above and beyond the the legality of it, you sh- you should just you should quit. You should right. quit and you should reflect and you should <laughs> sacrifice your life now to making sure that other people that were put in that position have the balls to make the decisions that they need to make. Mm-hmm. Or an ambulance driver that shows up and says, oh, we should probably call an Uber. <laughs> yeah, something. I mean, it's it's on par with that. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, on, on While we're on the subject, I just feel like it's worth pointing out. Um, there, there were four people killed on Wednesday in a hospital in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Did you hear about this? I did hear about this, yeah. For whatever reason, this isn't getting nearly as much national attention. I have my theories, and I will hold them for now. No, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. Because it's it's black-on-black crime, and we don't care about black-on-black crime. Mm. We can't make a case for anything about that. It's a black guy who killed another black guy who happened to be a doctor. That is what happened. And we obviously don't care about that. I think you... did. Were you the one? Oh, no, because we just had it. Here is... 
over Labor Day weekend in Chicago, where you went to a, a concert, so you very well could have been in the middle of all of this. 63 shootings, uh, excuse me, 63 people were uh, wounded in shootings over Labor Day weekend in Chicago, eight children, and the victims ranged in age from four to 17 years old. 49 shootings from 6 p.m. on Friday to 11.59 p.m. on Monday. Six murders. One of them was a four-year-old boy. See, I, honestly, though, bro, I'd be really interested. That kind of feels like a normal weekend. Like, I, I I, would be, not to downplay that, but, like, dude, that happens all the time here. You should see the stats over, like, 4th of July weekend and shit. When people have the cover of fireworks, our, our shootings go, they skyrocket. It's crazy. No pun intended. But when people have the cover of fireworks, it's they're mm-hmm. gangbanging all night long. It's just interesting that, like, like we, I don't know, man. Like, should, we should probably be just as outraged right. over this. The, the response is not proportionate. And I, I think we all know why. Uh, you know, politics has a lot to do with it. But, 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 I mean, come on. What the fuck is this? 49 shootings in a weekend? You're telling me that's normal. I, I, one, I believe you. And two, I have to take your word. You live there. It's outrageous. It blows my mind. And then we have this thing going on in Tulsa right now. Four people were killed. So this guy was going into the hospital targeting a, a doctor and killed two other people and himself. Was there a reason? Like, did he, he obviously had history with the doctor. I think this doctor performed a surgery and he was like upset at the, um, was upset at like how much pain he was in or something like that. I don't know. I don't know, dude. Seems I have like no a idea. reasonable response. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. Right. So I don't know, man. It, it, it's frustrating on so many levels, right? Like it's frustrating that we even have to talk about it. It's frustrating that this regime media is deciding not to make a big deal out of this. It's even more frustrating to hear how many people were killed and how many people were shot in Chicago. Somebody said something over the weekend that it kind of like resonated with me a little bit. They said the difference between murder and manslaughter is the skill of the trauma surgeon. And I was just like, mm. oh, fuck me. Mm. It's ridiculous. But like, think about it. Be, think about being a trauma surgeon in Chicago. Oh yeah, bro. I'm sure they have. A, I'm sure they can relate a lot to a trauma surgeon in any war torn area, which is outrageous. Dude, we're talking about Chicago, Illinois. This is yeah. the American dream. Those would be some good, in, like very interesting and and heavy interviews, bro. With South Side and West Side trauma surgeons. That that yeah. would be. I can't even imagine the stories that they have, man. Shit is wild, dude. Yeah. Shit is wild. And you know, I think we both kind of knew that although we weren't super thrilled about the the ongoing lockdowns and 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 measures for covid but i think it was it was apparent even palpable that that these events weren't happening and i think we knew why we were all locked down nobody's doing anything there's you know there's nowhere to go and 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 take out your frustrations and then you you add the two years of isolation and loneliness and despair and job loss and all this shit you know put it all into a grinder spit it out and and now i think we're you know, starting to reap what we sowed and it's just so ugly, man. It's just what I so will bad. say though, is, I mean, in Texas we and, and in, in Oklahoma, this Tulsa shooting, those are two of the states where it's the easiest to get a gun and reports from this Tulsa shooting says that he bought the rifle the exact same day he did it. So really? it's like if, if the people that are making calls to tighten restrictions or, or like have a, another look at, at how people are getting guns and who is getting guns, I don't yeah. think they're all just these like crazy liberal people. Like, I, there are points to be made in that argument, man. And I'm not, mm-hmm. I am very pro gun, but to be able to go out, buy a gun the same day with no background check or any kind of mental health thing done to you, like we're going to, this shit's going to just keep happening. Like it's, it's the way the, the mental state that our country's in from all the reasons you were saying last episode, it's just like, if we don't 
find a way to try to help this problem, I, I don't see it going away at, at all. And I, I, I know you said like the only way th- uh, to, to what, what was it? The only way, whatever is the, through. The only way out is through. Right. I, I think it, we're going to be going out for quite a while before we get through. If, if that's, if the approach yeah. is to just not try to I introduce agree. any legislation to like slow this shit down. Like this dude was pissed off. He had a meeting with the doctor the day before, went out the next day, bought a rifle and went and killed himself and three other people. Like, if maybe he would have had, you know, well, he wanted to get a gun, but there's like a, a couple week time where a background check and a mental health check was done, he might have cooled off about it and maybe shit like this doesn't happen. Like I think I, I just think it could help. I, I just don't think like the the argument of like, well, it's amendment, it's my right. I want a gun, I should get it the second. Like I, I just don't I don't think that plays as well or will for as long. I d I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was interesting. He got it the same day. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um Fucking a, dude. What do you do? Yeah, <laughs> I don't have the answers at all. Oh, I don't either, man. I don't either. <laughs> I wish I did. I wish I did. I really do. You know who else wishes they had the answers? Who's that? The PGA. Oh man, <laughs> PGA. You know what, dude? I'm gonna let you describe this. I just just initial thought as you said that the PGA is playing this very cool, like close to their chest. Mm-hmm. But I know they're squirming. Yeah, I know they're squirming. They've got to be because they're going to start losing a lot of golfers. It sounds like this new, I think it's Saudi Arabian backed league, the LIV. Mm-hmm. Um, their their first opener for for their new golf league is is uh, coming up. I think next week, June 9th through the 11th in London at mm-hmm. the uh, Centurion Golf Club. And this week, the field got uh, announced, and the biggest name was former number one Dustin Johnson who allegedly was paid $125 million to join this league. That's an easy decision for me. (laughs) Right. And technically, he's still a member of the PGA. And what the PGA has said about him and and any other player uh, from the PGA that has decided to join this, which um, some of those guys are Sergio Garcia, Louis Oosthuizen, Ian Poulter, Taylor Gooch, Kevin Na, Lee Westwood, a couple others. They've announced that the PGA will not be giving any discipline until after... The event is concluded. Yeah. So on June 12th, I think we're going to, we'll see how seriously they want to take it. They've threatened lifetime bans. Let's see if they back that up. I don't know. Um, Give a little background here to to those who who may not know what's going on. So I'm trying to think of like a comparison here. You could use football, the NFL, right? The NFL is the pre, um, pre, dominant league in in American football. Uh, Major League Baseball is the predominant league in baseball across the world, right? And there's other leagues and people play football in other places and they play baseball in other places. But but this is where the money's at. And this is where, most importantly, the best players play. The USFL with the NFL tried to do something similar where they create a rival league and then they try and get some of the talent, try to poach the talent from the other leagues. This is an incredibly difficult thing to do when you're talking about things like baseball and football because you need stadiums and you need, you know, advertising rights. You need all this stuff and it's incredibly hard. So uh there's this this league, LIV Golf, right? And it's the efforts here are headed by Greg Norman, Aussie Greg Norman. And the reason that he's spearheading this is because he he's just kind of fed up with the way that the PGA is treating their golfers. The PGA has all the leverage. They are the predominant uh, league in golf. So if you want to be part of the best golf tournaments in the world, you have to play by the PGA's rules. And um, Greg Norman and a lot of other golfers share the sentiment that this that the PGA has gone too far. So what Norman has done is he's teamed up with <laughs> the Saudis, which it's like strike one, right? It's, that's a tough thing to do. 
yeah, they have a ton of money, but their track record on everything is super, super sketch, right? So you're buddying up with some pretty bad people, like not, not great. But the reason that people like Greg Norman and other, the other, these other golfers are willing to take this risk is because there is so much money involved. And that is the catalyst here. The, the amount of money, like you said, Dustin Johnson, who is like a, who would you relate Dustin Johnson to in, in like football? Um, we could call him, I mean, because at one time he was like the number one. So I, I guess I would call him like uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, right. Yeah, that's it's, it's, it's a great uh, uh, example. I would say for sure, like Aaron Rodgers, um, Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Okay. There or you go. Like Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. yeah. A little bit like a step below a Rogers, but not, not by my much. I mean, so anyways, so he, this guy said, all right, screw it. Uh, and the PGA has said, if you go over to this other league, that there's going to be heavy discipline. And we don't really quite know what that is yet. And so Dustin Johnson, I don't give a fuck hundred million dollars. What do I care? Right. So, so I, I think the fear, the thing that the PGA is holding on to is that they are steeped in tradition, right? So these, these tournaments that they play every year, the, the, the masters, the U S open, uh, the British and the PGA, the, the four majors, plus you got the, uh, players championship. And then you have the, the tour championship down in, in East Lake. These are like really historically significant tournaments in the game of golf and the PGA is holding on to that tradition. They're holding on to that, uh, that sentiment of what these, these tournaments are hoping that the threat of the players that jump ship can't play in these is enough to keep them into the PGA. And the one thing that they're, they're going, uh, that they're going against is more or less unlimited funds from this other, from this other league. And not only are the purses more, profitable, right? The, 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 the winnings are, are, are a little bit more than what's in the PGA, but these players are, are you know, just, just to come and play in these tournaments, they're getting hundred million dollars. So mm-hmm. I think it's incredibly interesting. I think if the PGA played their cards, right, they could compete with this uh, league and they can beat them because the PGA definitely has the better product right? Nobody knows about the live golf. Nobody knows what course they're playing in London. Nobody cares about Trump national, wherever the hell they're playing their next one. I mean, these aren't well-known courses to your regular Joe Schmo golf fan, like the UNI, right? But we know what Augusta is about. We know what Torrey Pines is about. We know what uh, the Waste Management Open and, and TPC Scottsdale is about. You know, we know these courses All right. more or less. Um, so I can't wait, man. I hope it gets, I just hope it gets way, way, way more convoluted and more uh, golfers go over to this league and the PGA squirms and then we, you know, everybody wins. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I, I thought it was interesting though that, and I never really thought about it before, but I always hear about like how nice these Trump national golf courses are, but yet there's not a single PGA event there. And when, when live announced their, like their initial tournaments, there's, there's two of them on that list. So I, yeah, I well, there, there if, was a couple, the PGA, the PGA championship in 2020. Oh, really? Yeah. So this year, it was supposed to have been at uh, Trump National in um, Bedminster, New Jersey. Okay. And then after uh, January 6th, they changed it to uh, uh, Southern Hills in gotcha. Oklahoma. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. Uh-huh. Interesting. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Dustin Johnson and Graham McDowell both lost their uh, sponsorship, too, from the Royal Bank of Canada. They terminated it instantly when they announced it. Yeah. Well, the, the Royal Bank of Canada and... 
almost every other organization in the world has a beef with the Saudi government. When Dustin Johnson previously won the the Saudi Open, which happens, I think, right before the U.S. Open, right after, or the British Open, something like that, like right, right in there. When he won the Saudi Open a year or two ago, he wasn't allowed to wear his RBC patch on his, uh, on his shirt. They wouldn't, they wouldn't put it on. They wouldn't advertise for that tournament. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. Wild. So he, and then as soon as he, he did this, I'm sure the relationship would have been strained. And then sure enough, he lost the, he lost the sponsorship with them, which, you know, <laughs> whatever. They're not paying him a hundred million dollars. What the fuck does he care? Yeah. Do you see anything to that though? Cause a lot of people are against this whole thing. Cause it's Saudi backed. And they're saying that like a lot of the money's like blood money from different different things. And, and I know a lot of like Saudi companies, uh, own like soccer teams and, and cricket teams and, and things like this around the world. And like, they say that they're kind of washing that money through these organizations. Yes. Yes. There's definitely something to that. Yeah. But, but then if you're going to say that, then you're going to have to audit everything that you yeah, do. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like everything that you do, if you want to, you know, remain uh, uh, constant to that ethos, you're going to have to audit everything. You know, you're putting gasoline in your fucking car today, aren't you? Yeah, Where do right. you think that came from? Uh, you know, it, not to downplay it because there's absolutely something to it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No, it just made me think, cause like if I was in the same situation and like, Hey, you know, you want, even if it was like $10 million to come join the LIV tour, would you do it? I'm just like, I mean, yeah, I know it comes from bad shit, but like, I'm going to take the check, bro. I, I don't, I, I, you know, unless it's like you, very egregious and, and it's like very obvious, but it's like, there's bad shit that happens all the time. And like, you're just saying gasoline, another example right there. We use it every day. No one gives a fuck about it. Diamonds fucking people get married and show that as a sign of love. And these are blood diamonds that people get slaughtered in Africa for. You know, so it's just like, to me, I'm, I'm taking the check. I don't blame well, these guys at all. Yeah, because you play in the PGA Tour and the PGA Tour exists in America and America just opened war against uh, Yemen. Nobody knew about that. Did you know about that? Do you know we're Did at not. war with Yemen? Nope. Yeah, we're at war with Yemen. Why are we at we're, we're war with Yemen? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> we do terrible shit too. I mean, yeah. maybe we don't liquefy journalists. And that's an, a, a completely outrageous thing to do. But it's not like the money that you're getting is like completely clean either. And and that sucks because I don't want to like deter from the awful shit that's going on. Uh, the, uh, this week or next, uh, Biden will be visiting Saudi Arabia in, in, in an attempt to uh, broker some, some better uh, uh, fuel prices. And there are calls for him to go there and give the middle finger to the crown prince of Saudi Arabia for the murder of Jamal Khashoggi who was on the payroll of the Washington fucking post. So it's like, yeah, they do terrible shit. They stone gays. They, you know, are gradually letting women go see movies. You know what I mean? Like they're definitely backwards. Yeah. Um, but if you're Dustin Johnson and you can <laughs> get a hundred million dollars for you and your family for playing golf, just for joining the league, not even like, and, yeah, right. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I guess you can justify it by saying, well, that money's going to go somewhere, right? Yeah. If it's not going to go to me, it's going to go somewhere else. And mm -hmm. you can be very cynical about it and everything's all corrupt. And, you know, he can do good with their money. He can donate it to charities and whatever else. Sure. Also, I mean, you know. you're definitely going to have to bend your ideals yeah. of freedom and what it means to be a good person in order to accept that money. Yes, you will absolutely have to do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think anybody would become much less rigid in their ideals with a hundred million dollar check 
right in front of your face. Yeah. Very I true. take it. I'm not Very above true. it. Before we get out of here, I just uh, I just read something uh, interesting on the internet earlier today, and it said that a port, according to a nameless Russian oligarch, uh, Vladimir Putin has a pretty bad uh, case of leukemia. Mm, I've heard cancer, this. And he's yeah. been going through treatments endlessly. And I guess maybe it's continuing to get worse and worse. And there's a lot of scrambling within the Kremlin right now. A lot of unknowns, you know, kind of fights for power. So I'm sure it's not like going to be very reported on and, and whatnot, but it'd be interesting to kind of just see what, what that would be and like who who could possibly head the ship next if, if something like that does happen. Like my guess would be he would just die someday and it's like, would be my guess. I, I don't think it'd be like a, a documented thing or anything he would like formally announce or come out right. with because it's come, it would come across as like a sign of weakness in their culture. Right. And, um, you know, this story came out a few years back, man, like 2018. Oh really? 2017 that he had health issues and that he was going to step down. That was his, like, uh, you know, his plan. Oh, and then wow. I didn't know when, if, I don't follow Russian politics at all, but it, it, yeah, it came out that he was not doing great and that he was going to step down for health reasons and that never materialized. But to hear this about him, um, and to see like some ish, like some like really weird videos, just those videos where he's like at a table and he's like gripping the table yeah. like this. Yep. And he's like, and he has like shakes when he goes, you know, in public. And, and so, I mean, that just might be the stress of, you know, starting world war three, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I have heard he's in bad shape. So, um, and when's the last time we talked about Ukraine, bro, it's still going on too. It's just crazy how this news cycle is just like, <sighs> it is. And it's so, there's so much going on and there's so much to like decipher and to figure out what is true what is not i hear things all the time about how you know ukraine's making pushes and then and then on the back end i hear it's like yeah it's not looking great and that we're sending them we just approved 40 billion dollars to send to ukraine good great awesome i'm glad that uh we all had a vote on that that's excellent should be going to our education system or something dude yeah but i yeah you know i think I think right now we see this and and our very public comments about this this conflict has made it clear that we see this as a proxy war between us and Russia and we are intent on winning. I just don't understand then if that's the case we boots on the ground but I think they're just too scared of what Putin would do at that point. Uh yeah, agreed. <laughs> and um that would be us being the belligerent in that case really. Yeah. Because we haven't really been attacked, right? Like for example, for example, Biden was going to send some long range missiles to Ukraine, but before he did, he needed like assurances from Ukraine that they were not going to shoot these into Russia, mm. right? They were just going to use them for the war on the ground in Ukraine. So it looks like we're trying to be diplomatic as much as we can, but like, yeah, the West is intent on weakening Russia for sure. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. We haven't, we literally haven't talked about this since like March. Yeah. It's crazy still happening anyways send us off <laughs> yep shout out our sponsors gun barrel coffee drinking a good smooth cup of coffee is a treat all by itself but when you can do that and help american heroes it is that much better gun barrel coffee is proud to donate one dollar from every item purchased to veterans and first responder charities all across our great country the way they do this is that they offer 14 different blends and roasts which you can get in whole bean ground or single serve pods and right now as a friend of our ship you can use the promo code fnh10 and you'll save 10 percent at checkout when you buy the products at gunbarrelcoffee.com that is promo code FNH10. Gun Barrel Coffee, damn good coffee, 
damn good cause. Make sure you hit the links in our bios and all of our socials that Frank's about to tell you and check out our merch. We uh, just want to, we just want to get the name out there, man. We put our, my brother, Zach, uh, put the logo together for us real neat, real smooth, real clean. And uh, we just want to get the word out there to people, man. So that people come and uh, join the ship and hear what we have to say. Maybe you want to join us and let us hear what they have to say. So check it out. Shirts, hats, underwear, coffee mugs, anything you could want we have. If you don't see it on there, let me know and I will personally design it for you and get it up there within the day. He will do that. It's not uh, not a joke. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at FriendshipNH, uh, on Instagram and TikTok, same handle, at FriendshipNewsHour. And you can send us an email, bummerdude.media at gmail.com, bummerdude.media at gmail.com. We will see you next time.